0: The Beulah Girl podcast. For links, related resources, and even more encouragement, visit Belahgirl.com. Hey everybody, back for another episode live from The Daily Grind. I'm your co-host Susie Lolly here with the lovely Carol Whitaker from Beulahgirl.com and that is always the place where maybe you're listening to this in your car and you need to go back and find what we said again, you don't want to listen to the whole thing again, of course. There's always gonna be a great post associated with this on the website, BeulahGirl.com, so you can always go there to find more information. And so, you know, along the theme, we're in, we're in the month of Easter, and so talking about a lot of, a lot of um, I guess, inspiration for this month, and uh, we're talking specifically tonight about the Proverbs 30, 31 woman. And I don't know anyone who makes me more depressed than the Proverbs 31 woman. Like we talked about in our previous episode, you know, failure. And if you want to feel like a failure sometimes, go read about the Proverbs 31 woman. But what's so cool about Carol is that she has uh, broken this down into some steps where we actually can succeed in being the Proverbs 31 woman. Before we get to that, um, Carol's going to tell us a story right
1: so when I was married now we will be celebrating 18 years in July but when I was married first married and even before when I was thinking about becoming a bride I had all these starry visions in my head about what you know I was going to be different than every other woman apparently (laughs) on the planet or women I had seen I just decided you know I'm never going to let my marriage get boring know we are always going to have wonderful communication our sex life is always going to be amazing we're never going to have the problems with communication or conflict that other people have and we're we're going to be the shining examples of marriage (laughs) and then I actually got married and realized (laughs) that over the course of 18 years, that there are things that you don't necessarily foresee before you go into marriage, that you can't really know what it's like until you're in it. And that being a really good wife, which is what I believe all of us desire to be, is not the easiest thing. And to be the shining example of Christian wifelyhood (laughs) and the you know just the woman that it describes in proverbs 31 is very very challenging but i don't think that and god put this in the bible for us to have this standard that we feel like we can never achieve i believe it's so that we can have a model it tells us be conformed not to the world's ways but be conformed to you know what god outlines in his word and so it's showing us what God you know what God views as a godly woman and some ways that we can implement that in our life and I think that it could just be a very practical thing and one of the things I do want to say before we get into some of the practical things we can glean from Proverbs 31 is that what I found in looking at this if we were to summarize this entire Proverbs passage in one sentence, we could say that a Proverbs thirty one woman brings good to her family. That's what she does. Yeah. So we can get kind of bogged down in the whole list, but that's
0: essentially what it is. And so, what we're going to be focusing on in this podcast. And I um, meant to ask, we probably want to go ahead and start out by reading it. So let's let's start out with that. Okay. Yeah. It
1: is a little long, but I want you to just listen so that when we're going over some of the different points, that it makes sense to you and. I also encourage you just to look at it on your own to see what really pops out at you when you're reading but Proverbs 31 we're gonna go ahead and start it verse 10 it says a wife of noble character who can find she is worth far more than rubies her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value she brings him good not harm all the days of her life she selects wool and flax and works with eager hands she is like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar She gets up while it is still dark. She provides food for her family and portions for her servant girls. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her, many women do noble things but you surpass them all charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting but a woman who fears the lord is to be praised
0: give her the reward she has earned and let her works bring her praise at the city gate so it sounds like she was hardworking. she was all things to all people she was compassionate so let's narrow it down you're again good at doing that so give us just three things that we can implement as wives from proverbs 31
1: right so there is an entire long list that i read but one of the things that I, I do just want to narrow it down for the purposes of the podcast, and the first one that I really kind of want to focus on it stood out to me when I read was that she keeps faithful instruction on her tongue. It tells us in verse 26, she speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. Now, Susie, you and I are both, we would probably be considered a bit bossy. Both <laughs> of us were teachers. I don't think you're offended by that because no. you've often said that yourself. We are good at telling people what (laughs) to do, okay? We're good at it. It's like a gift, right? But what I think it's telling us in this proverb is not that we just go around and randomly boss people (laughs) or randomly tell people what to do, but we choose those key moments Mm -hmm. to speak wisdom into the lives of the people that are in our immediate realm. It could be children if we have children in the home, or it can be, People who are in our immediate realm, whether it's nephews or nieces, even when I was a teacher, before I had children, and there were some key moments, even when I wasn't necessarily at my spiritual best, some very key moments where there were some students in my class, some some girls, where I had some key moments. I remember one girl in particular, I told her, you know, she had a boyfriend that was very bad news, mm-hmm. and she would come in crying frequently in class, and I said, you need to lose that boyfriend, yeah. and we had a really heart-to-heart because I don't know that anyone was really taking the time to speak that into her life. But just, you know, taking those opportunities to speak wisdom into the lives of the people that we have influence over. Like, for instance, um, one of the examples I talk about in the article that I wrote with this is my daughter. Um, that, you know, one day she came home from school and or maybe it was after the school year was over, I can't remember, we were just driving somewhere, and up pops this little question from the back seat. You know, she she was basically asking me, Mom, you know, there was a girl that, um, I'm going to call her Jessica, but she was like, Mom, why doesn't Jessica like me? She likes Haley better, and I've changed the names here, but Haley's prettier. Does she like Haley because she's prettier? And I was like, whoa, you know, <laughs> where did this where did this little question come from? And I could see... In that question, that already, even though my daughter was kindergarten age at the time, she was five, Mm -hmm. that already there were some wheels that were starting to turn in my daughter's head of she was comparing herself to some other girls, feeling like she didn't measure up. And I really, the brakes went off in my head like, whoa, we need to have a talk right now. Mm -hmm. And it could have been so easy for me at that moment to, you know, just kind of give her a quick answer. We're on our way somewhere, you know, not really take the time But I did take the time at that moment. We had a whole conversation about what God thinks of her and what who made her and you know Friendship and so we had that whole conversation, but that was an opportunity that just popped up and we all will have those opportunities and What it's telling us of proverbs is that we need to seize on those because a a godly woman is one who speaks life and wisdom into those
0: around her and i think the way we maintain words of life as opposed to you know because the bible talks about the power of life and death being in the tongue and um i think the way that we maintain because it says keep faithful instruction on your tongue so unless we're daily talking with the lord we don't have that positivity necessarily those words of the holy spirit to be able to speak to somebody so i think it's really important that we are making sure that we're talking with the one who can put the faithful instruction in us instead of just bossiness or, you know, a cursory response, like you said. Um, Your second point you want to talk about was how she provides for the members of her household. So let's talk about that. Right. It tells us in verses 14 and
1: 15 that she is like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still night, provides food for her family, and portions for her female servants. It also tells us in in 21 verses 21 and 27, when it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed, and she watches over the affairs of her household. Now, every household runs a little bit different, and I've talked to Christian friends where maybe their husband loves to cook, and he cooks all the time, or maybe the husband is involved in the decorating. Every household, I don't know that every house has to have delineations of roles in the exact same way Mm -hmm. I think that relationships can be unique but it does tell us here in Proverbs that the woman is uniquely wired to really overlook the affairs of her household and make sure that the people in her house are provided for and an eye-opening thing to me when I was going to be hired when I was um, about to enter into my first year teaching we had a thing called Camp, Camp Cherokee, which was like an intro to, you know, they, they went over, um, you know, ethical guidelines for educators and went over, you know, values of the school district and stuff. And they also emphasized some different key things you need to know as a teacher. For instance, different types of abuse. And one eye-opening thing for me when I went through that training was that neglect Is actually can be a form of abuse we think of abuse as physical abuse or verbal abuse but just willfully not looking out for the needs of those in your household your children is is being neglectful and sometimes you know different income brackets and so forth we can't always provide for our children as you know these fancy clothes and so forth but we need to be really aware of the needs and that a woman is you know in a position to provide so we may feel like we're always at the store. Mm-hmm. We may feel like the list is never ending, that someone always needs something, or we're always shopping, or we're always, you know, getting that little trinket to put on the the, you know, table to make it look more appealing or home. Those things it may feel like those are exhausting and we're always trying to, you know, get socks for someone or shoes or your husband's always in need of a new suit and it's a real pain because you don't feel like driving that far whatever it is, but we've really been gifted as women to be able to assess the needs that are there. I can tell you right now, I have three children. My husband does not know.
0: He does not know
1: uh, what size socks they wear. He doesn't know who's in need of socks. He doesn't know at this moment like I do that my youngest two year old has absolutely no short sleeve shirts for the spring. She has about 18 long sleeve ones. But these are thoughts that are that are not going across his mind, right? But he has he has knowledge of other areas. He yeah. takes care of her finances and so forth that again I, I don't really have a clue. Yeah. I don't know where some of her money is. I don't know what's happening there. He takes care of that. So it's just again telling us that we have this this job as
0: women to take care of the needs of our household I think it's so cool that we're even able to uh, I know that they say multitasking is not really a thing anymore but in some ways I mean that you can just have this running list in your mind or you know where this item is or whatever Um, I know that that um, I've often like been I'm a huge consignment and thrift store fan and we're not picky at all and so I'm like, honey, I found you a, this pair of pants and I bring them home and they're, he's like, I'm not that size. And he puts them on and he's like, oh yeah, I am that size. <laughs> <laughs> it's motivating for both of us that we need to kind of like do something about our sizes at the moment. But, um, you know, you say in your post that we're uniquely gifted to be able to provide for the needs of our household. I don't see him doing the same for me. I don't really want him to buy anything right. for me. It would probably not be attractive. <laughs> but um, I think it's so cool that, that we do have roles, and in, in our, our world right now is trying to say that these roles aren't normal or, you know, to fight against them. But... I am kind of I kind of like being needed in that way. I mean, maybe it, it can hit a level sometimes when you have three children that you're like, okay, I need a little break from the neediness. <laughs> but um, it is refreshing in some ways to know that there's a purpose that you have that you can fill. And so I like that there are two doable things so far with the Proverbs 31 woman. So give us a third one.
1: Right. So the third one is she brings honor to her husband. It tells us in verses 11 and 12, her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm. And it tells us later also her children arise and call her, "Blessed her husband also," and he praises her. That's verse 28. And then in oh, if earlier in verse 23, it says her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat. It's been said that behind every good man is a is a good woman or mm-hmm. something. I might have butchered that <laughs> saying. Maybe if you know the real one. No. <laughs> okay. Um, But, again, we have not only some of these other roles I was talking about, but a woman who is a godly woman, the woman described in Proverbs 31, is one that brings honor to her husband. She makes him look good in other ways. And there are a lot of ways that we as women have power where we can make our husband look bad or we can make his life miserable. But it talks about in Proverbs that we choose... You know it's a choice we make continually daily decisions that how we act and conduct ourselves really does affect not only you know our children if, if we have children in the home ourselves but it yeah. affects our husband and a book that I really loved reading was The Help and it's by Katherine Stockett and I'm not like you know saying that everything in that book is 100% wonderful some of the characters act in ways that aren't real great but there's one character in the book that really caught my attention when I read, and she's l- not liked by the rest of the women in the book. There's a whole community of, of white women. It's about a lot of, it's called The Help because it's about the stories of the African-American women that work in these white women's homes. And it's basically they come forth and share some of their stories. But one of the women in the book, one of the white women, she is, basically ostracized by the other woman because she doesn't have the right social connections and they you know the way she acts doesn't help her situation any the way she dresses the way she talks and there's one particular community event where she gets drunk and she makes a scene and her husband is just standing there and everyone in the town is watching and I just think about that scene sometimes because when we go out in public what, what is the impression that people have of our house and our family and our husband based on how we you know how we act I can remember in particular this one my husband's a lacrosse coach I remember I was not in a good mood and we were going to a game and I remember there were a bunch of parents like in chairs on the sideline and I was exchanging words with my... I don't even remember what it was about, but I said something snappy to my husband right in front of all the... You know, the, and i it wasn't probably a best moment for me. And I think some of them started laughing because they realized that... Um, but, you know, we have the opportunity to to lift our husband up, to dress ourselves in such a way that when people look at us, they, they have a high opinion mm-hmm. of our family. And so that it tells us in Proverbs to bring honor to our husbands based on how we act and and
0: conduct ourselves. And I was thinking of a time I got called out um, in a major way. Dusty and I are both sarcastic, we're silly with each other, we've been together since the eighth grade, but I know that sometimes my joking has been, you know, where there's an element of truth to it, and it comes out as you mocking your husband, not being appreciative of your husband. So I remember being at a ladies retreat at dinner one night and being, pulled to the side by a, a lady she's not really much older than me but we all look up to her like she's a grandma's age but she's really not even that much older than me and um i remember her saying you need to calm down how you talk about dusty in public and you know i tried to i guess defend myself Like, oh i just meant. but really what was coming across was i was getting these hits on him And uh, I was taking things that probably were serious and saying them in a funny way, but it wasn't respectful to my husband. And I've definitely made scenes before, like the one you just shared where I've, you know, maybe uh, called him out or something in front of people. And it's just, it's tearing down our marriage and it's also tearing down the reputation of our marriage. And that is definitely not Proverbs 31. So I want you to help us wrap up, you know, with these three things you talked about, how the you know we have to have wisdom on our tongues and faithful instruction. We are providing for our household, and then we're honoring our husband. Um, how can we wrap up our responsibilities and privileges as a Proverbs 31 woman?
1: Well, it tells us at the very end of Proverbs 31, you know her children are wise and call her blessed. Her husband also and praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised and it tells us in the very last verse give her the reward she has earned and let her works bring her praise that our reward is basically i mean our family is going to acknowledge and you know praise us and also our works will speak for themselves mm-hmm. you know um, we can say all we want that we know god and that we love god but our works you know are going to speak very loudly did we did we bring good to our family at the end of the day uh, in another section of proverbs proverbs 14 1 it says that a wise woman builds her house while a foolish woman tears hers down and really what this is focusing on and what it is a common theme throughout proverbs is walking with wisdom in our lives yeah and not just wisdom like you mentioned earlier that comes from our own heads that susie thinks or carol thinks but walking with the wisdom that god gives us in his word and really we can't have that kind of wisdom unless we have a relationship with him and so this isn't a list that's meant to beat us over the head and say you're not measuring up but this is showing us that okay this is god's idea of the the role he has given us and we only mentioned three things there are other areas we could go into into this and i think it can look a little different in every household but It's choosing to adhere to the wisdom of God's Word and saying, okay, this is His version of a godly woman, and can we start implementing some of the things in our life with His help? And when
0: we walk in relationship with Him, some of those will just be a natural byproduct. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, I'm going to pray for the women who are listening, that they would not feel overwhelmed, but they would feel empowered that the more we walk with Jesus, the closer we can be to what He's called us to be. God, we love you. I thank you for another time of getting to talk about a topic that is dear to your heart, Lord Jesus. I know that when Carol is inspired to write all these posts, God, that it's something that you're challenging her with, and so that means it's something that's on your heart. I just pray tonight for every woman who's listening, God, that we would not be overwhelmed. As I said at the beginning, sometimes it can feel depressing to read a list about the perfect superhero woman, and we just feel like, I'm not that. But, God, this is doable because you are the one who works in us and through us to be able to do what you want us to do. So, God, I just pray, Lord, that you would conform us more and more to the image of your son, Jesus, which you promised you would do, and that as we spend our time with you, Lord, that we would begin to reflect who you are to our family, to our home, and to a world that's watching our home and just looking for some family that can show them that everything doesn't have to be dysfunctional. God, they're looking for some normalcy. They're looking for some... Um, some mothers and some wives who are really doing it the right way. And I know that you can give us the power to do that. We thank you for everything you do in Jesus name.